Welcome to the Fan Engagement Pod, a chance to hear from experts in fan engagement as well as owners, chief executives and the people who set the trends. I'm Kevin Rye from Fan Insights and don't forget that you can sign up to the Fan Engagement Network at faninsights.co.uk forward slash network. This stuff is the future. 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 Welcome to episode one of the Fan Engagement Pod from Fan Insights. These podcasts will bring you insights straight from the experts and we'll be publishing them on the second Tuesday of each month. Joining us this month is Dan McGeechee. Dan is a specialist in marketing and communications and has experience in football from the grassroots to the top of the game, having worked from the West Riding County FA in their marketing team to recently leading the marketing for one of City Football Group's new businesses within Manchester City FC. He also had spells in the National League with Harrogate Town and at Bradford City in League Two. Whilst at Bradford City, Daniel was a member of the EFL's Digital Working Group. He's also an associate of Fan Insights and helped us to develop our social media measurement for the Fan Engagement Index. We hope you enjoy it and don't forget you can join the Fan Engagement Network at faninsights.co.uk forward slash network. So whilst I was at the County FA, it was a very formative stage for when um, marketing and press and comms were starting to happen within the county associations. So um, under Darren Bernstein, who, who played a really important role in kind of everything that, that I've done um, in my career and definitely for the county associations in terms of comms and, and marketing, we were there to not just dictate what the FA wanted and, and kind of promote national mandates like you say it was more about engaging with our actual grassroots community so in West Riding alone we had sort of 75,000 participants in terms of players coaches referees parents who were, came to games on a weekend so it was a massive massive market and, and when you think about how big that audience is and the different levels of support they want the different types of messaging that they need um, it was quite varied <laughs> it was quite a varied task for us as as a county and, and kind of my role was around simplifying some of the messaging, making sure that playing football was enjoyable and effortless and the admin side of things wasn't too strenuous, but equally promoting participation and getting people back into the game. So it was difficult. Um, a lot of it came through social, um, but equally there was a lot of face-to-face. You know, you'd go to working men's clubs and you'd go to grassroots football clubs on a Tuesday night in the middle of Bradford and try and uh, try and encourage people to start playing football. So was it a big change for you going into going into a club? The biggest difference to me, without a doubt, was when we were communicating as a county FA, um, you could probably predict who was going to respond to your social media posts, who was going to be interested in what you had to say. Uh, and it was a very disengaged audience in, in the hall. Um, we were there to provide a service and I, I always used to account it to um you know we'd hear from our participants when something went wrong so if as a, as a comms person as a as a marketeer in in the county football association it was well, as soon as we did something that wasn't quite right or someone wasn't happy that's when we'd hear from them and there wasn't that, that appetite for information as soon as I started working into in, in a club world I mean even at 
even in National League North, you know, the, the appetite for information and, and that kind of desire to, to get news out of a, a club and that pressure that you have to constantly be producing content and constantly be providing uh, the fans with kind of communication was just on a different level. We could go quite happily um, two, three, four, five weeks without communicating to some of our leagues as a county FA. Um, they knew they, they didn't need to hear from us. They didn't want to hear from us. And we took kind of a, a very different approach. It was a, a lot of it was around. We'll speak when we need to speak and make sure that then we're heard. Whereas with football club and football club fans, you've got to be constantly on. The biggest difference between the County FA and football clubs was definitely the appetite for information from supporters. So whereas the County FA, you speak when you need to, and it's very, um, it's, it's based on situations that arise, whether it's a discipline case or something to do with <coughs> governance and legislation. Whereas with a football club, it, it's all about, we've got to be creating content every single day. And fans are so desperate to hear about it. The, press, the pressure's a lot more. The, the need to communicate increases massively. And the fans are just a lot more engaged. And that's that's at every single level. But again, the amplification from doing that at, at a National League North Club versus Bradford City, which was just insane, that was massive again. Just, um, I'm interested to know... Um, are people like me a bit naive about dialogue and social media? I think, you know, you and I are on the same page and it's something that I tried to stress a lot when I was working at football clubs that if you're going to use a, a channel like that, we're not, we shouldn't just be publishing content. Conversation requires two-way communication. So we need to be replying to people. We need to be as much of a customer service solution via social media than we do just a, a pure content house. So... A lot of people and a lot of clubs and a lot of people that I met have kind of young press officer journalists have been to university to study football and the media and see and social media is often given to them as a way of you create some stuff and push it out to, to supporters. But there's very little I tend to find two way communication. So one of the things that we were finding at you know at Bradford, we were fantastic at putting stuff out very regularly and, and myself and James Mason, who was the chief operating officer at the time, when we had a conversation about it, we, we kind of went through, you know, a week's worth of content and we're going, why were we telling everybody who the referee was, who the referee is going to be for tomorrow? And it's getting absolutely zero interactions. But yet we're ignoring the um, tweet from a supporter saying, I've just tried to call the ticket office and I've been on hold and it's cost me £3.50. Sometimes you get caught up in what looks great on social media and that need to be publishing content. Whereas actually you're not going to win any awards for seeing the tweet from a supporter that says, do you know this premium rate phone line that, that I'm having to call to get through to the ticket office is actually a big bugbear. It's costing me a lot of money every time I try and get through. I'm on hold for ages. Now doing the work behind the scenes off that and saying, well, we're going to change that to a local rate phone number, which I mean, it's a real example of this. So we're going to change that to a local rate phone number. It doesn't look brilliant on social media. You're not getting, you're not going to get, other clubs liking and sharing and it's not going to go viral and that kind of, you know, lad Bible aren't going to pick up on it, but that's actually where the value of, of social media is for football clubs, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Can I just interrupt there? Cause actually the thing that I think is really important here and I'll, 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 I'll sorry to come, but I wanted to just make the point and I'll let you Carol, cause you were on a, on a great tip there, but this is a, a difficult thing to get across. Sometimes I think when it comes to communications is that, 
communications people think it's about like you say producing content communicating dare i say a very sort of sales and marketing approach to it and actually the thing about communication is that it's about it's about your reputation it's about how people view you it's about interaction with people uh, that people are having with an institution isn't it and something that they love and that they're a stakeholder in you know and that's what that is about and trying to get people to think about it in that way is tough isn't it dan and you've done that you and james did that a lot so can you just carry on with that 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 premium rate phone line change that was really important and actually the impact it would have had on people was beyond just looking at their phone bill at the end of the month wasn't it well yeah absolutely and and that's that's the key for me i think that you know i often say when you speak to people especially in in football and some of the kind of senior managers or, or chairman and owners in some cases um when you ask them about what marketing is their description is essentially marketing is advertising and it's a press release and it's a brochure and obviously more recently it's it's posting on social media uh it, effectively it's selling at scale which is exactly what you've just said and for me i kind of have always said and i remember saying this to the the chairman at bradford quite a lot is it's not about who can talk the most or shout the loudest that's not that's not what we're here to do. It's about understanding the needs of the supporters and then having a kind of two-way meaningful conversation with them. And that isn't glossy. That isn't what looks cool on social media. So whereas we were kind of trying to have these conversations about just make sure you reply to people and you can be human and you can speak in a way that is authentic to Bradford City. So if you've got a supporter messaging you on Twitter saying, um, you know, parking's an issue for me down on... Midland Road. It's a very specific example, I admit, but <laughs> you can you can respond to that in a in a way that doesn't have to be incredibly polished, and you don't need to have a structure for it, and you don't need to have media and, a, and an expensive looking budget and that kind of strive to say, well, oh look what Manchester United are doing. Let's copy it. It's about being relevant and authentic to your group, to your group of supporters and, and your audience. And I think that that's kind of that's what I think is lacking sometimes in when you see the way that football clubs communicate on social media is that it's very often given to a media team who actually, who believe that they're journalists and, and, you know, believe that it's all about creating content for these channels. Well, actually it's as much about, you support liaison officers should be as much, be as active on social media as your press officer. Um, and I think that sometimes you do just, especially lower down in clubs that don't have the resources of, of Manchester City or, or Manchester United, where you know you don't have a city TV or someone like that going out and producing loads of content, you actually need to think about ticking off the, the simple stuff first, where it's about answering questions and supplying the right information at the right time. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I've made, I made huge mistakes in that because when I was a, a young man trying to run social media channels for my first football club, I got ex- pulled into exactly the same the same trap and thought it was about corporate communications. Speak like try and try and come. How, how would England communicate this? And actually, the best thing I could have possibly done was just say, "No, look, this is what the fans want to know. I'll just do it. It doesn't matter that it's not polished. It doesn't matter that it's not scheduled." Um, the easiest thing to do is to just sometimes respond in a really open way um, and and kind of deal with the situations as they arise rather than have a content plan and, and stick to it rigidly so i mean by all means i made some huge mistakes but then uh, you know by speaking to by speaking to other people and trying to learn a bit more about the industry i think i've kind of taken a much more 
holistic view of what social media is, is actually for rather than just publishing content. Well, there goes that dreadful word again, authentic, but it's, I'm, I'm struggling to find a different word to describe it. I think it's just that people, <clears throat> people uh, uh, will get, you know, will get um, called out in public if they are too corporate and too stiff. You know, we've, we've, we've created this, you know, this rightly so, I think, you know, don't, don't act corporate all the time. People want you to be, you know, it, politicians get it a lot. You know, people want to feel like you're alongside them and that you understand them and that you're listening to them. Um, and, and yet we've got this great cloak that we can put on called social media and we can adopt a personality that isn't, isn't ours. Perhaps we need to move on from that. You know, you look at, you take a dive into social media and it can be quite a difficult place to navigate. And there's a lot of, you know, you, you look at it and think, are, are these people real? I think there are a lot of people playing characters. And, 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 and actually, I think it's probably worth just adding into this is that, you know, all sorts of companies and organisations struggle with this, don't they? It's not just, I mean, football has a particular um perhaps sometimes there's a particular difficulty with it and there are all sorts of reasons for that it's the pace of everything it's the sometimes it's the resources sometimes there are too many resources sometimes there aren't enough resources but it, it isn't something that is isn't common in other places is it no i mean i think one of the things that in fact probably one of the best examples that i saw was it might have been last year let's start of last season um and it was from bradford park avenue and I remember talking to one of the guys who was involved in it and involved in this campaign. And it was all about proper Bradford, as they called it. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? It was one of the most refreshing campaigns I've seen in a long time. And they weren't, they weren't trying to be a poor man's Manchester City. They were saying we, it, it's Bradford. And the language that they used was, was, was a, felt like it was from Bradford and it was authentic and it was just so refreshing to see that that was the level that they were kind of they, they realized their place they realized what their supporters wanted and they spoke to them in a way that sounded sounded like them and and that came across on the social media and it came across it you know every time you spoke to somebody involved at the club and those types of clubs that have got such a rich character and, and that's the authenticity question that i think we've we've had this conversation many times but understand what your supporters want and i think that I think sometimes when supporters ring a club and I remember at Bradford, the first person that speak to, you know, Sandra on reception, who's been a Bradford fan for 30 years, probably more, um, sounds like she's from Bradford and is a fantastic representative of what that fan base expected to get when they speak to Bradford City. Now, they should probably get that same, that same feeling when they're engaging with the club on social media. They want to speak to someone that sounds like them, that reflects them, that reflects their views and reflects their... Kind of, and you don't have to be a fan to do that, but you have to be able to get into the mindset of a fan. Um, I'm not a Bradford City supporter, I'm not a Manchester City supporter, but I think if you can kind of get into those those mindsets, that it helps you. It helps you communicate in a in a really I don't want to say it, but I will authentic way. Well, it, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with using it in the right context. Authentic has been hijacked, I think, to 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 to, to kind of you know if you if you you know, as a, as a sort of a lick of paint over a, a, a over a shoddy structure at times with sort of corporate use of it. You know, I love going, I used to love traveling when I worked with Supporters Direct particularly. I used to love traveling to all these places and going into these stadia. It didn't matter whether it was St Mary's at Southampton or 
um, Penadaran Park at Merthyr Tydville. There was just something special about each of these places that gave you a buzz every time you walked in. And what you wanted, what you wanted to try to say to people was that, or what you know, what I kind of want to try to say to people now is that is you bottle that if you can bottle it, if you can sort of metaphorically bottle it. At least, obviously, you can't literally bottle it. If you can metaphorically bottle that, that is what you need to get across. And it is that sort of immersing, you know, people who work in clubs. It's so, I mean, the pull. You tell me. Um, um, uh, 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 I'm sure you can confirm this. Rather, is that pull on your time, and that you know that 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 Marcom's marketing communications constantly pushing messages out, pushing selling, and all the sorts of things, and the mis you know the misunderstanding sometimes of what marketing even is, um, and that actually the 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 pull needs to be you need to be immersing yourself in the the people setting the strategy at the top need to be immersing themselves in what makes that club special and realizing that if they empower those people who are out there you know talking to people listening hopefully to people social or in any in any environment that they're reflecting the special little nature of that club whatever that club is whether it is you know arsenal or uh, or Harrogate Town, or or all points in between. Isn't that right, you know. That's that's what we're really saying. Is is you've got to give time to people. People have got to have time to to imbibe what this club is about, because that's what really, in the end, you're you're meant to be communicating, isn't it? You're meant to be representing the personality of the football club. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, for me, one thing that we kind of, I'll give you a couple of examples, but I, I don't ever neglect the fact that if you're going to use social media. For me, it's a marketing channel, and that might be because I'm a, that's my role and that's what I do. But it, it is a marketing channel, and there should be some measure of success in there that's that's commercially focused, rather than just did we do twenty five posts this this week. Um, but there's one thing that I think, and it, it does tie in, and it's something that I had a bit of a bee in my bonnet about a couple of years ago, and it, and it's a good example to illustrate the point that I think we're talking about was when Bristol City started doing the gold gifts and. Very quickly, every club said, ah, Bristol City are getting a lot of traction for these gold gifts. We're going to do them. And I started to see clubs at all the every level and everybody. And I, I would say that most clubs now still do them. And that it was when we were in Bradford and, you know, it's the time it takes and, and the kind of resource that it takes to do and, and everyone focusing on it. And it's suddenly very important when actually... The people of it doesn't matter whether you just write in plain text goal one nil or whether you've got a a, a gif on there at all. And, I, and I've seen non-league clubs who spend money and take time creating these these goal gifs that don't look brilliant because they don't have the resources to do it properly, but they feel under pressure to do it because that's what other football clubs are doing. But actually, what they're trying to do is just get across who scored, and that's the sort of thing that really gets me where I think you're feeling the pressure here to do something that isn't it isn't effective on any level. So all if, if the outcome is we want to try and convey this piece of information, you can do that in so many ways that don't need to cost money or take time um, and spend your time and your resources doing something else that's actually much, much more meaningful. That was the thing with the Bristol City gifts for, for me that it was fantastic that they got a million engagement. But if three quarters of them were from fans of Arsenal, Man City, Liverpool and Manchester United and 
it were people liking something that saw, and that would never, ever, ever translate into commercial success for the football club. Yeah. What is the point in it? And, and I, I've always said that, and I see a lot of people, you know, and I, and I still know a lot of people, and they're, they're friends of mine, and I admire their work, and they work incredibly hard, don't get me wrong, but producing content and then posting at the end of the week on, on LinkedIn or whatever it is, you know, we've got, a, we've got 64 million engagements this month, well, most people don't know whether, and probably I've just said that number and, you know, is it good? Is it bad? I, I don't know. Who cares? And also, what's the point in getting engagement of people that are never, ever going to come to your ground, buy a shirt, buy a ticket, <laughs> do anything for you? There's no point. You may as well engage that core of people that are your supporters really, really well than try and get something to go viral or, or jump on the back of a, a trend or something like that. And that's kind of... That's what always bugs me a little bit when I see I see football clubs and and usually and I'm stereotyping but usually young guys who are trying to use their kind of football club platform as a as an extension of their own personal platform to jump on trends and kind of you know show how show how intelligent or clever or funny or witty they are when actually it's not really about that. So Dan, <clears throat> I wanted to just kind of get one last bit out of you, which is. So, you know, all of this, to some extent, it's perhaps an issue of maturity when it comes to social media in general, that we're all a bit immature around it because it's new. Still, you know, relatively speaking, it's it's something that's not been around for long. It's had a huge, we know, we don't need to talk about um, the impact it's had on the, on the world because we know, we know the impact it's had on the world. It's just been extraordinary. Um, but it... You know, how do you get, how do you change this? Is there a, is, is it, as I say, just simply a case of maturity and that we'll grow into it and that we'll get used to it and we'll start, we'll realise that actually we don't have to be um, getting big numbers all the time or speaking all the time and, and pushing out content, but we can actually use this in a mature way that we would as a human being in a day-to-day environment if social media didn't exist and we had to speak to people and, 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 and talk to them in normal ways, if you like, you know, without technology um, um, in, in, in the middle of it. Or, or is it something we're going to have to, um, in football at least, and, and, and in sport in general, actually, um, uh, is it something we're just going to have to, we're going to have to force the doing it in a different way? Do we have to start trying to train, you know, is there, is there a training thing here? Is it, 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 you know, is it, is it that the own owners of you know the chief executives, the the, the directors of communications, the the the, the owners, etc. Do they need to do something different? Is it you know what? How do you move on from from this? Because it's clearly there's opportunities being missed. If I put it that way, instead of um, the the negative side, there are opportunities being missed here for for genuine good two way conversations, dialogue, listening, people engaging with their fans you know, respecting the role of the fan as the stakeholder and, and understanding that their needs need to be met. I think one of the things that needs to happen straight away is proper measurement of, of actually what is effective on social media and what are the goals and what we're trying to achieve and measure that. So things like measuring the, the amount of replies that you have rather than just where you're shouting in an echo chamber and... Um, how many times does does the football club reply to supporters on there? Does it have a dedicated uh, channel for just re- replying to supporter queries? So you're kind of splitting out your publishing and your content from your customer service 
obviously the bigger clubs are already doing that and I know that's something that, that, you, that you've looked at in detail but I think maturity is a really important word and I know that it's not just myself but a lot of my colleagues and people that I've been on, on my courses with for example all share the same frustrations that a lot of the time social media is given to um, somebody at the football club to run and they do run it like an extension of their own personality and I think that it's very often one or two people and the password for the social media accounts are treated like a privilege that very few will ever get and they, and it's and it's guarded and it's oh you've got to run that through me whereas actually a more shared kind of if everyone was on the same page and everyone understood what was going on there should be no reason why yeah SLO doesn't have access to that that account um, and they can jump on and reply to people and and managing it the same way that a business would in terms of customer service so a big business British Air I'll give British Airways as an example British Airways for me is a fantastic example uh, for all football club accounts to look at because if you go on there, the customer service level is fantastic, but also the content is regular and it's professional and it's branded and it feels great, but they deal with it. They deal with conversations all the time. And, and I just think that that maturity from a, from a business point of view and understanding where social sits within the strategy of the business and communicating with supporters is really important. I think a lot of owners and a lot of senior managers and directors that I've kind of encountered give social media to their media guys and say, there you go. As long as we're doing stuff on there, it's fine. Put out the press releases when I want them to be out um, and and make some noise. Whereas actually it can be such a useful tool. And I think that we need to stop measuring the success of social by how much noise we're making and start putting in some measures that are probably specific to each individual club. That would certainly say things like, What's the reply rate? How long do questions go unanswered for? Um, that that sort of stuff is a lot more effective than how many numbers, what numbers did you get on that tweet? This kind of weird rivalry that have started between football clubs where, you know, oh, it's, it's uh, if you didn't like the authentic word, you're really not going to like it when I say it. It's just banter um, between football clubs. <laughs> but they do it on social media and I think, I don't understand this. I don't understand what, what's, uh, what this is serving other than for your fans to say that's brilliant well done and it's kind of an ego trip for the person who's running the account and and all that sort of stuff for me as it, it kind of has to stop yeah be partisan be incredibly biased because it's for your supporters so you can be but kind of going in search of, of big numbers and then you know not and an, not answering simple questions it just feels counterintuitive to me and when supporters are, are asking the club questions through social media, it can't be landing on the doorstep of a, a, a press officer who quite honestly probably isn't answering because he doesn't have, he does not have a, the first clue on how to answer that question. And I think that in some clubs, they don't have the confidence and the authority to go get the answer because they're a press officer. And if they're asking a question about the ticket office, they might never engage with the ticket office ever. So it's understanding that it's a comms channel that needs to be managed collaboratively within a football club rather than given to a press officer or a media team to just go and push a load of content out. And, and that I think would be a much more meaningful and effective use of, of, of social media for football clubs. Right. Well, Dan, <clears throat> uh, it's always a pleasure to talk. I don't, I mean, we never get enough time to talk and that I, well, I could talk for hours um, about this sort of subject because it's 
something very close to my um, my heart and very um, my interest so hopefully we can reconvene and have another conversation about this but in the meantime look after yourself and stay safe thanks a lot kevin